Hi everyone, I'm Dee. And I'm Alex. And together we're DNA. And you're listening to the DNA of Mindful Relationships podcast. Is it okay and healthy to fight with your partner and maintain a loving relationship? Hmm. I don't know, but all gloves are off in this session. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. Fighting is often perceived as a really negative thing to be doing in a relationship, and it does have a, a quite a negative connotation attached to it. But is it a necessary part of being in a relationship? Mm, I'm a pacifist, so you're asking the wrong person. I'm not one who enjoys conflict. And for me, a fight, obviously there's physical fights, which are probably not a good thing at any time. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not actually going to talk about physical fighting today because that is considered in the realm of abuse. Mm -hmm. And let's take that off the table for today. Let's talk about verbal fighting mm -hmm. and a difference of opinion and maybe a heated conversation. Uh, verbal jousting. Yes, that's a good description of it. I shall be the knight <laughs> on my steed. <laughs> and I'll steed. be your day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, is fighting okay? Um, well, I guess let's define what a fight is. Mm. Is it elevated voices? Is it? Um, anger? Is it um, posturing? Is it all the things that are meant to intimidate? Is that a fight? Yeah, I guess we all know when we've had a fight with our partner or, or a loved one because it, it leaves you feeling uncomfortable um, and, and heightened sense of emotions as well. So a fight will often feel like you've lost control or the other person has lost control. So most people can recognize when a fight happens. But I guess another is it, is word... A fight, is a fight at the upper end of the scale, say fight would be at the top, then you'd have an argument, then you might have below that a disagreement, and then below that you might just have a difference of opinion. Yeah, I guess you're talking about a spectrum of fighting. <laughs> yeah. Which is an interesting model we could create for interacting with your partner. Um, but most people use the word fight. I had a fight with my husband or I had a fight with my wife or my girlfriend or boyfriend. So I guess we're using that word because it's quite common. But it, it I guess you could use the word conflict or disagreement or argument or he cracked it. <laughs> is often another term that I use. Dummy spit. Dummy spit. He had a tantrum. An Why adult is it he? tantrum. Why is it he? Because it's it's often he that has an adult Rawr. tantrum. No. Um, everybody's capable of having tantrums and I'm certainly, you know, in that category as well. But let's look at conflict, because that's what we're really talking about. So where there's there's a disagreement of um, you know, between two parties. And it's a necessary part of a growing, loving, evolving relationship. But often people tend to fight dirty rather than fight fair. And when you fight dirty, it actually it 
it creates a barrier to moving forward in the relationship and a barrier to resolving the issue. And Alex, what I'd like to talk about in this episode are some fair fighting rules uh, to um, having a, a successful fight, if you like. Um, so and- in this case, are we talking fight also meaning just a disagreement or is are we talking there's different stages or are we talking one in the same? It's all just conflict. Is that what we're talking Possibly, about? Possibly because what you think is a disagreement can escalate quite quickly because emotions can be triggered um, and it can escalate quite quickly into a fight and a verbal joust, if you like. And, and it can turn into something quite nasty and difficult to repair. Mm-hmm. And essentially, if, if two people in a relationship are always fighting in that manner, it just erodes at the, na- at the um, core of that relationship and, it, and it's hard to come back and repair that afterwards. So before we talk about solutions and how to fight fair, mm. um, why, why do people fight? That's my first question. Is it because they're trying to win the argument and convince the other person, do it this way, my way is the better way? Um, Or is it just a form of communication where people just are saying, I need to get this off my chest, this is what I'm thinking, and the other person responds and says, well, I disagree with that, this is what I'm thinking. And Or is it really about trying to win? Is that what a fight is, trying to win, or is it trying to communicate? Well, most people are trying to communicate their perspective. And um, one of the things that um, I, I guess is is quite evident in our society is that we don't really get taught how to communicate effectively um, with our loved ones. We get taught how to do maths, mm. <laughs> how to write an essay, we get taught how to do algebra. We were talking about that the other day, you and I, and the value of, I guess, um, algebra and do we actually use that in our adult Versus lives? life skills. Versus life skills like how to, how to communicate effectively so that you can get your message across. And it's not modelled for us in our, mostly, generally, in our families that we grew up in. So if I think about my family... Uh, very rarely did I see conflict and arguments in my family. In fact, quite the opposite. People would kind of go to their own corners, so to speak, and uh, not talk about anything unless it was something of a happy nature. Mm. So I don't know how conflicts were dealt with in your family. Um, no, I think conflict would rise. Yeah, conflict would raise its head and it would be dealt with um again i don't know why i'm more of a pacifist because i'm not a big fan of conflict um and i'm very um i don't let things escalate well have a think about how it was modeled for you as a young child how was managing a difference of opinion modeled for you for me like in the example i gave there was no modeling in fact the model would have been don't talk about anything mm. unless it's happy and positive. Right. Well, that sounds like the first rule of Fight Club, isn't it? <laughs> Don't talk about Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight yeah. Club. And I guess what I'm encouraging people to do is the opposite of that, which is do talk about fighting. Talk about how you resolve conflict. 
Talk so, to who? Who do you talk to? Talk to your partner mm. and your loved ones. And this is something that you can do with your you know, children as well about how to have a fight. And I'm using the word fight on purpose because that's what we've you know, labelled this particular episode. But you know, how to have a disagreement um, and be respectful of each other. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So there are some basic rules that I'd like to talk about. Sure. In fact, I have 10 of them. Ah, 10 rules for Fight Club. Yes, a nice round number. The first one is take some time to be aware of your own feelings about the source of the conflict uh, before approaching the other. I think we sometimes too quickly um, go full steam ahead because we let our emotions drive us. And if you if you let your emotions drive you, the anger can often um, make you say or, or um, create a situation where you say things that you might regret and that's hard to take back. So I often use this example with um, teenagers uh, when I'm talking about um, words and how hurtful words are. If you think of the metaphor of, of toothpaste, a tube of toothpaste, once that toothpaste is out, you can't put it back in. It's out. And mm. they're like words, hurtful words. It's hard to take them back. Um, so take some time to just reflect on what is the issue for you and what are the feelings that come up. Is it, for example, that you're feeling angry because your partner embarrassed you in front of your friends? You know, a comment was made, a statement was made. Um, the other night and you felt embarrassed or angry um, or did you feel let, let down because you didn't feel like your partner had your back you know take some time to think about what the issue is for you and the other thing is to choose your battles very carefully is it worth the fight is it something that is important to you um, and maybe one of your core values like we talked about in a previous episode that is really important for you to discuss with your partner. If it's not, let it go. And just, you know, monitor the situation, see if it comes up again for you. And that's when you might have to bring it up with your partner. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that uh, firstly, emotion can be a huge driver of an argument. And even if you deep down in the back of your mind, you recognize that you've probably lost the argument already on a point of logic or whatever, but the emotion keeps driving it, you know, even though, because you, you still got to keep making your point, you don't want to lose face and you keep driving it. So mm. it's important, I think, to detach the emotion from it so that that's not continuing to drive the mm. disagreement, even if you've actually come to the realisation, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Mm. Well, sometimes it's helpful to write it down. Because when we write things down, we can think a bit more clearly and then we can adjust some of those thoughts and comments that you would like to make to your partner. And it's like counting to 10. It takes a bit yeah. of the steam out. Yeah. It gives yourself a little bit of space to sort out what the issue is for you. Mm. Number two, ask your partner if now is a good time to talk. Uh, these are not conversations you want to have on the run um, or while you're you know, driving to pick up the kids or, or um, you know, early in the morning, you know, while you're preparing to go to work. These are conversations that uh, deserve a little bit of time and attention. 
And just because you're ready to talk doesn't mean your partner is ready to talk. So this is part of, you know, the respect. Respect your partner's need to think about the issue, to have some time, the heads up essentially, to think about the issue and have some time to reflect on how they feel about it because it might come out of the blue for their partner. And I, I remember in a, you know, previous relationship, uh, I... I thought I was your first. <laughs> One and only. <laughs> but I, being the naive young person I was, I would say, you know, something like along the lines of we need to talk. And for that, for, for my partner at the time, that was like the death now. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh, my God, something's happened. And he would be anxious the whole time until we actually had the conversation. And I realised that that was putting him in a really difficult position. So it's probably better to give your partner some heads up and say, you know the thing that, that happened the other night and I got a bit upset with you? I'd really like to talk to you about that. When is a good time? Can we do that tonight after dinner or before we go to bed? Yes, that's fine. Great. So you've almost made an appointment. It sounds a bit clinical, but it's also respecting that your partner deserves a little bit of time to reflect on it for, for himself or herself. And I like the point that you actually said, you know, that thing that happened. So you've actually given them some context of what it's going to be yeah. about. Because last thing you want to do is say, um, we need to have a talk tonight. Yeah. All right. I'm just letting you know. Then they're going to spend all day wondering what's it about trepidation and all of that going on. Yeah. So I think it's good if you're going to actually set something that's in advance, don't leave someone hanging and going, yeah. oh, my God, my world is about to collapse. Well, also, we, we have great imaginations. And if you don't know what it's about, your imagination could go really wild. Yeah. And you can go from, oh, my God, she might be pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, you know, 55. But <laughs> no, um, I'm not 55, by the way. Uh <laughs> Or it might be, you know, something really insignificant that you're thinking about and yet the issue is quite significant, quite yeah. the opposite. So, yeah, ask if now is a good time. Babe, okay. is now a good time? Yes, right now is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but don't interrupt me in the middle of my Oh, sorry, generals. babe, sorry. Um, number three, no put-downs or swearing. This is a really obvious one, but harder to maintain, again, when you're in a heightened sense of emotions, anger, frustration, and your general um, way of operating is to swear and have a go at your partner, that's not a good way to get the outcome that you're wanting. And in fact, if you think about it, if, any, if you think about a time when you've been sworn at, do you really want to have a conversation with that person or do you want them just to go away or do you want to just walk off? So you know, have a think about that. And is that also, the again, the four horsemen of the apocalypse in your method of communicating, not having contempt for the person that you're... Yes, yeah. Look, I'm glad you brought that up because the four horsemen come You've really up made quite an impression <laughs> on me with these four horsemen. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because you remember... It's, you know, it's a way of remembering. So criticism and contempt, put-downs, um, one of those, part of those things that you really got to take out of your relationship as much as possible. Obviously, you'll make mistakes and, you know, there might be some put-downs in there, 
But um, you know, if if you're if you're saying to your partner you're an idiot for doing that, it's quite hurtful, and you're putting them down rather than the behaviour. So focus on the behaviour, not the person, and and avoid swearing as well as much as possible. There's a difference between swearing because you're frustrated. You know, this is shitty, or this is, you know. Effing awful. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable swearing <laughs> into a microphone. Um, and there's a difference between swearing at your partner because that's quite attacking and attacking action to take. Yep. So number four. Mm-hmm. This is something we've talked about before in the communication episode. Um, use I statements without blaming the other. So I feel angry or I felt angry and disappointed that you didn't have my back the other night. Rather than you make me angry. Yeah. Mm. Or, you know, or you always, you know, absolutes are also something that will almost always guarantee your partner to stop listening to you. So an absolute will be you always, you never, you, you always treat me that way in front of your friends. You never support me in front of your friends. And that's not always true. Mm. And it's really always the case. So try and avoid absolute statements as well. But definitely focus on I statements, which is a way of indicating to your partner that you're taking full responsibility for your emotions. This is not about your partner necessarily. It's about you initially. Um, to express your needs and your frustrations. They may not have a clue at this stage that they've had an impact on you in this way. Yeah. Okay. What are we up to? Number five. five. You've been listening, Alex. I have been. Now, this is one that I often use with my couples um, in the couple sessions, and it is no bringing up the past. Um, focus on the present and the the present issue at hand. The number of times that I've had couples in my therapy room and they start on the issue and then before you know it, they've ended up talking about an incident that happened two years ago and another incident that happened when they first met and another thing and another thing and and they keep piling things on top of the, the current issue. Now, that's quite overwhelming. And where do you start when you're at the um, receiving end of that? Where do you start with talking about it? Because what will often happen is people will start with the last thing that was mentioned. So if you've had a whole list of things and you've ended up, and when we met, you didn't even introduce me to your mother for 12 months. And I'm still angry about that. I don't know why I brought that one up. But anyway, um, and then what will often happen is your partner will respond to that issue well, and then get sort of sucked into responding to that when, in fact, the issue is really about what happened the other night. Yeah, so you get sidetracked and then you're, you're having a discussion that's not really about the issue at hand. And the other, but what it does do, I guess, is it shows that there is a history there that is sitting in the mind of the person who's bringing this up that shows that there's a linkage here. Mm. So it's not just this one issue that happened. They're seeing in their mind that all this thing goes towards a whole history of things that have put them offside. 
Yeah, and I find in terms of my um, couples therapy with my clients, an example of where this is the most difficult is when the the one of the the couples, um, one of the partners, have actually had an affair, and they're trying to repair their relationship, which is quite admirable. But it's really hard not to keep bringing up the past. Mm. So I, I actually love working with couples that have made a commitment to repairing their relationship after an affair. Now, it takes a lot of courage to do that and a lot of commitment and strength and hard work to, to be with your partner after something like that has happened. But it takes a lot of inner strength to not keep bringing up the past. And sometimes it is necessary to do that. And I think that is a topic in itself. That's definitely something we'll tackle on its yeah, own podcast. Yeah. So how to manage your relationship. After post- infidelity. Yes. Mm. You read my mind. I did. Like yeah. a book. So, but generally, um, you know, stick to that rule of no bringing up the past and stay. It, it's hard to stay with the, um, the present issue, but this is something you can both make a commitment to. Number six, six, we're getting there. So if things get out of control, and it's highly likely that they might, um, don't just walk away. Acknowledge the stuckness and make a joint decision to come back at an agreed time to continue the discussion when the emotions have calmed down. So um, often what will happen is emotions will escalate, the situation will escalate, and then one part, one of the partners will walk off and the other person feels abandoned mm-hmm. and even more frustrated and you know, at a loss as to what to do. So the situation's just left hanging. There's no resolution there. But a more productive way of dealing with that would be to say, look, we're both stuck. We're not getting anywhere. Let's leave it for now and let's talk about this again tomorrow. You Mm. know, give each other some time to calm down and to reflect, you know, in their own private time and then come back to the issue. It's so important that you come back to the issue because otherwise... It, it, it again. There's a sense of abandonment and neglect. What um, do you well? What do you do in the situation where it's getting heated, the argument, and to diffuse it, you say, "I'm not going to continue discussing this now." So you you we really want to diffuse the mm. situation by actually just having time out. Can you do that effectively and just say, "Look, I don't want to discuss it right now. Mm. Let's both have some time. Calm down." Let's talk about this again tonight or something like that. Is that Mm. how you would effectively... Yeah, yeah. But there are some people that will follow that person until they get the answer that they want. So they're actually not respecting their partner's need for time to cool down and to, to have some time away. So I'm calling these rules for a fair fight, but they're actually agreements. So... um. You know, they're not, none of this is going to work if two people don't agree mm. to putting them in place in their so relationship. they are rules, I guess. They're the ground rules. The ground rules, mm. yeah, an agreement. But it, it, it needs to be agreed upon because if you agree that when we both say, look, we're not getting anywhere, let's have some time out, you know, the T sign. That's the safety word. <laughs> Aubergine. 
aubergine. Well, yeah. Eggplant. I can't see that coming up too often in other situations. So yeah. it's a good safety word. Aubergine. Okay. Mm. Um, so you can choose a safety word, uh, a timeout word. But I often use the T symbol because sometimes words are hard to come by when you're feeling frustrated and, and sign language is quite helpful. And so I'm actually doing positive a T sign, sign language, with my hand. Positive sign language. Positive sign <laughs> No fingers involved. No flipping the bird. Yeah. That's not nice either. That's the equivalent of, of telling someone to F off, so yeah. I wouldn't do that either. So if, if you can have that agreement and then respect each other's need for that space and time, that can work really well. But um, I've worked with couples where I've had to say you can't keep following them mm. into their bedroom when they've asked for some space. You've got to respect that space. And a few tweaks of, you know, how you respond in a fight can make a big difference to de-escalating that fight quite quickly. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I believe we're up to number seven. We're up to number seven. That's correct. So... Remember to use the communication techniques that we talked about. Um, we've talked about I statements, but also effective listening. So we talked about mirroring. Mirroring. Mirroring, it's hard to say. Mm. But being able to also listen and mirror back what you've heard. Um, checking in with your partner to make sure you heard correctly. Mm -hmm. So using the communication techniques are really helpful as well. So you can't just throw everything out the window just because you're having a fight. And being aware of um, how you talk to each other with respect, with kindness and compassion, and with um, maybe some self-awareness that you're just as responsible, you're equally responsible for that fight um, getting out of control yep. as the other person is. So that's number seven. Cool. And we did a whole episode on um, effective, communication. effective communication called Shut Up and Talk. What was it? Shut Up and Talk to Me. Shut Up and Talk to Me. Yeah, I always think of that song. Shut Up and shut, Dance. Shut Up and Dance, yeah. Number eight, stay as calm as possible. Easy for me to say, <laughs> harder to do. But don't raise your voice. And if you do, apologize and continue the process. Um, I think being able to show your vulnerability and show that, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, I swore or I raised my voice at you, I, I didn't mean to, is an okay way to manage that um, because we're all, um, we all make mistakes but, and, you know, none of us are perfect, but apologise and move on. And if you can't move on, then go back to that step of saying let's have a bit of space and come back. Yep. Yep. And what we might do in another episode is talk about how to stay calm um, in a in a maybe in a broader sense in terms of managing anxiety because that uh, method of staying calm is something you can use when you're feeling anxious or angry or you know there are some standard things that you can use. A really basic one is to count to ten before you speak. I have trouble with that. Uh, you need to go back to kinder, I think, <laughs> if that's the case. Um, so that's number eight. Mm. Number nine. Now, this is one that's harder to do. It's a little bit of a challenge when you are feeling um, frustrated um, and uh, a little bit negative towards your partner. But 
Number nine is about praising your partner and acknowledging your appreciation that they're listening and staying with you in this process. So, you know, this is hard work sometimes and acknowledging that I really appreciate that, you know, you, you took the time to, to listen to me um, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, we were able to sort this out without yelling and screaming like we have done in the past. It's, it sounds like... Actually, when you're saying it to me just like that, yeah. when you're saying it, it softens everything because yeah. you're giving a little bit. Well, it sounds a bit airy-fairy was what I was going to say and, um, you know, warm and fuzzies, but it does soften hmm. things, the whole situation, because the area of fighting and conflict is quite harsh and you don't want to be abrasive with your partner all the time because it, it creates distance and it impacts on the bond you have with your partner. So... It's not about softening the blow so much, but having a softer approach and, and really valuing and appreciating that your partner stayed with you in that process and um, valued the relationship to not walk away or to not be, you know, neg- negative or abusive or, um, you know, do things that are outside of the fair fight rules, I guess. Yep. Number 10. Ta-da. This is the final one. Um So number 10 is to try and reach a resolution or agreement about the issue um, by both making a commitment to do something different and take a new action. Because often we um, will have a discussion about something as as a couple and um, it's just a discussion and it hasn't taken us anywhere to actually um, make a commitment to take new action. So it could be... Um, let's use the example of um, the one about you. Oh, sorry, I've gone a bit blank. What did I say earlier about embarrassing me in front of your friends? That mm-hmm. one. Let's use that example. Okay. This hasn't actually happened, but I'm just using that as an example. Um, you know, to take to make an agreement about taking new action. So it could be like, I'm so sorry, honey. I won't bring up that issue again in front of um, our friends. Is that okay? That would be great. So there's an agreement and then you follow through on that agreement. Now, if you don't follow through, obviously your partner needs to be the person that, that lets you know that you... they hold you to account. Hold you to account, yeah. exactly. And then you might have to have another discussion about it. Now, that all sounds really nice. It's like a tying a nice little bow on the end of the there conflict. I think we're done now. And we're it's done. all perfect. Oh, yes, beautiful. I wish every fight and battle could be like that with your partner or your loved one, but sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. And some issues may not be resolvable. Um, And sometimes we do have to agree to disagree. And if you can both say, yeah, we do need to, well, let's just agree to disagree, that's the end of the conversation. Mm. If no action needs to be taken, then, you know, what is the point in fighting further about that one. Yeah. yeah. Now, we've done that a few times, haven't we? Yeah. That we've said, I think we just have to agree to disagree on that. It's yeah. never escalated because um, I don't think we've ever had a fight or, or a significant argument. We do have differences of, of opinion on some things. And respectfully, we just say, look, we just have to agree that we just have a different view on that. Mm. And we do that. And we respect each other's views. And we just say... 
that's fine. Yeah. And I think where it can get out of control again is where one one person is trying to convince the other that they're right. Yeah. And they keep going and going and going. And, you know, the, there's that saying of, um, do you want to be happy in a relationship or do you want to be right? Yeah. And I would pick happy every time. And, you know, it's not worth the fight. It's not worth the battle to be right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. And this will get a bit personal. So we've been going out nearly over almost 18 months. Mm-hmm. We've never had a significant argument, right? Now, I used to think that was a good thing. But I've heard people say, oh, no, it's normal. It's healthy to argue. It's actually good to have an argument now and again. Um, so should I be worried that everything's going too well, too smoothly? Because I think the the next question out of that is, well, maybe you're not being authentic enough with each other or maybe you're not being real enough and so you're not allowing each other to bring up big issues and have those fights. Mm. But I don't feel it's like that. I feel that we diffuse things at a much earlier stage and we talk things out respectfully and we agree to disagree or whatever it is and it's done and we move on and there's no resentment held, there's nothing. Mm. So it's an interesting dilemma to think, well, it's too good to be true or it's too good and maybe we should be arguing more. Is that mm. a good thing or a bad thing? And it comes back to our original topic at the beginning of this session. Yeah, that's no, an interesting question. And my mind goes to uh, a previous relationship again. Um, sounds like I've had multiple <laughs> previous relationships, but I have had other lives. Again, I prior thought I was your first. <laughs> but it reminds me of a relationship I was in where, um, a bit similar to my upbringing and my childhood, where conversations were not had. And so we never had a fight, really. We may have had a few major fights, but over the years, just um, things were not being discussed and sorted out and resolved and agreements weren't being made. So I don't see our relationship in that light. In fact, what I see happening between you and I is that we do discuss things and I I think instinctively we do follow the rules of um, having a fair fight in our relationship. So what that means is we circumvent the fight because we bring up issues as they come up. And I'm quite an open communicator and don't harbour things or don't let things build up and can read you as well. And so we we both, I guess, bring things up and try and prevent them from happening mm. before they short circuit. And I think if you can maintain a respectful manner in how you do that, then your partner's a bit more open and, and more willing to listen and you know provide that for you. Um, so that is, I guess, the key to be able to fight fairly. Because we do fight. If we're using the word fight in the sense that we've just talked about, um, but a more appropriate word would probably be we have disagreements Mm -hmm. and we discuss them, we come up with a resolution and then we act on them and it becomes a non-issue. And so it doesn't – it feels like we're not fight, that we don't fight and therefore maybe we should be fighting. Maybe mm. there's something wrong. Um, I think having no – okay, let's put it this way. If we agreed on everything, I'd be concerned. Yeah. 
And if I went along or if you went along with everything, you know, I said and requested, I would be concerned. Yeah. I don't think that's um, healthy and normal. I think people do that to keep the peace. Yeah. But you can't maintain that for a long period of time. No. So, and I think you're right there. So it's different between not fighting because you're openly discussing things and diffusing them and then they're non-issues as opposed to the other extreme, which is we don't fight because we never bring anything up. Mm. We just swallow it and we build resentment. And that's a negative um, situation that I think occurs a lot of time. It doesn't mean that um, the arguments um, don't happen, but one or both parties in the relationship makes the decision, I don't want to rock the boat, so even though it's not great, I'm just going to let it go. But really, resentment's building and things mm. are going to bubble over at some point. Yeah, and we tend to carry our resentments like, you know, like a sack over our back. Well, that rhymes. Um, but we tend to carry it around with us. So the next issue that comes up, we just fill up the sack. And so when we have an explosion of emotion, out comes all those issues, resentments, frustrations, difficulties, all at once. And this is why often people don't want to raise an issue because they're scared the, that they're going to be overwhelmed with emotions. So it's better not to carry the sack of emotions or negative emotions. It's better to resolve them as you go. Mm. And that's why I think, look, you know, we, we don't have a perfect relationship. We've got things that we clearly need to work on, clearly. I mean, clearly. <laughs> Every relationship does. We might need to have a discussion after this. I think so, after we say goodbye. Um, But we do have a relatively healthy relationship. And healthy means that you can manage a conflict without, um, without hurting the other person and getting your needs met at the same time. And it's a mutually beneficial experience. Hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for Fight Club. Mm. It wasn't as painful as I thought. I'm not black and blue. I think we've survived it. Um, Anything else you'd like to finish up on? Um, No, just enjoy the discussions. Yeah, I guess don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have a discussion and a disagreement, but do it fairly and respectfully. And respectfully. Awesome. All right, till next time, we'll see you. This is D and A signing off. Now, if you like this episode, you can find all our other episodes either on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Better still, subscribe and make sure you're the first to know when a new episode drops. You can also check us out at www.thednaofmindfulrelationships.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to seeing you next time, and until then, stay mindful. Stay mindful.